0: Okay, I am here with Propane2001, a writer in our space of, of dissident writers, and we're here to talk about something that he has just created, that we've actually created together, but mostly him. He wrote and directed a spec campaign, a spec brand video for Solomon, which is the outdoor wear company. And unlike all of the crap that these brands are cranking out today, This campaign was inspired by Julius Evola's Meditations on the Mountain. So I have him here today. He's gonna talk about this piece of spec work that we've created um, and why we're making it. Um, He is calling it an example of a study in dissident advertising. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with raw egg nationalist work but he does a lot of kind of dissident advertising. So I think we're kind of in the same space here, just the video version. Uh, So without further ado,
1: Propane2001, hello. How's it going? Yeah, I should probably begin by qualifying that I'm uh, certainly no scholar in uh, the Evelot Canon beyond his maybe, you know, college student core frustrations with modernity work. Um, I also consider myself a Christian, so I can't defend um, many points of his in regards to traditional spirituality um, within his frame. But, yep, like... This is certainly a study in dissident advertising. You'll find that it's also still optically sound. I hope that's not disappointing for anybody. Um, I do think that there is still some merit in that. Um, I think it's silly to make an ad simply because it is dissident. Um, Ultimately, an ad is to sell something. Uh, And you should make an ad because it's good. You should strive for uh, quality, certainly. Uh, It's totally not an ad made to be subversive for subversion's sake because we already think that the good has been actively subverted and we've been alienated as consumers already. I find that I buy products oftentimes in spite of their current campaigns. Um, Any sort of transcendent kind of heroism are currently warped in the advertising space. I think that goes without saying. And uh, we came across Evola's collection of essays, Meditations on the Peaks, and we were focusing primarily with the mountain and spirituality, which echo uh, a lot of the frustrations in advertising, but also frustrations in modern spirituality as a whole.
0: Yeah, so uh, Meditations on the Mountain is a piece that you shared with me that I think it's fascinating because it talks about where the frontier is and what people historically have used mountains for. And um, I think the idea is that mountains historically have been a place where men can, would you call it adventure? Is his point that it's a a place where men can find adventure? What I personally took away from it was that frontiers are important and communing, stepping upwards into space. He's got this great dichotomy between climbing a mountain and skiing down it. And he says that, you know, people of today ski down the mountain because they're searching for pleasure. They're searching for maximizing their, their pleasure. But there's something quite different about climbing up a mountain, particularly one you don't know. And he's saying that that is how we find true freedom and how we find um, who we are, because we face nature in a much truer way than simply maximizing our pleasure by going skiing or you know joining a mountaineering group. So what I love about Meditations on the Mountain, he's, he's talking about the nature of being acquainted with the frontier of nature in a way that um, I think is totally mistaken by most contemporary you know, outdoors brands like REI and Patagonia. It's all about like, you know, like take pictures of yourself on the top of this mountain. Whereas he would probably advocate take zero pictures and simply just commune with nature.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when we do comparative mythology, the mountain is very, at the least, like a uh, constant symbol, obviously. Um, But I'm going to do my best to summarize maybe that first essay in Meditations on the Peaks and what we took from it and used for advertising purposes. So, to begin, I should probably define spirituality as a sort of nobility of the soul, and we're probably going to touch on some metaphysical concepts that, you know, I'm not going to accurately provide a universal definition from. Uh, I could probably only offer a butchered Christian one that might not even be totally relevant for his purposes. Um, But anyway, spirituality, for his time, which he still considers modernity, had fallen into two perverted, or at least very limited camps. There's a sort of scholasticism, where men have just like missed the point by playing little philosophical games. And he also saw people using sport as an end and as a religion in itself, sort of like an ecstatic practice um, that was completely decoupled from the meaning, um, the transcendent meaning of sport. And from there, he does give uh, he does give credit where it's due to the ascetic traditions, and he thinks that this is still um, a relevant discipline to interact with the supernatural or the transcendent. Uh, but what is difficult to foster and find in the modern world is the heroic tradition. So, ultimately, through either discipline, you're trying to ignite a sort of organic spirituality, I don't know, the, the return sort of idea, or to, to inherit your, your birthright of spirituality. And the mountains, at his time, remained an accessible, heroic, spiritual channel, uh, which he you know, gives us a ton of examples in comparative mythos. And I think where we deviate is that our spin um, 60 years later is that our mountains have been obscured by pollution or totally reified, totally commodified to where it's no longer a relevant channel. And I think that we dealt with it in, in an interesting way and in, in sort of like a hyper real sort of way.
0: Yeah, so kind of what you're saying is that what Evola was seeking in the mountains is sort of no longer available there.
1: Sure at least at least in our view um, I'm not a mountain climber myself I've never personally felt this like sort of I, I think I, I run into the trap of scholasticism when reading about spirituality as, as many of us do especially in this like Twitter sphere um, so I wonder if I'm committing the same mistake even by um, engaging with this material. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know how you could look at NREI or feel like there's any sort of like transcendent tradition still easily accessible to the layman. I I think that he maintains that there are still um, spiritually noble members of society who can more easily access these states of being. But I think that he has particular reverence for the mountain. uh, And you'll see that in in their historicity of mountain as a symbol, um, as being an accessible uh, mode or or channel to access that space. So what does heroism mean for him? I think it's the affirmative of asceticism. He does say that the mountain requires some level of denial. I don't think that he was a a proponent of uh, using too many ropes and gear um, I just think of like bright yellow nylon everything certainly not a gearhead you have to think of uh, mountain time mountain climbing within the context of the time period um, but that that being said I think it's an it's an active pursuit um, there's a there's a physical goal at hand but it's not necessarily the end in itself
0: that what isn't the end in itself
1: the sport isn't the point. Like the sort of uh, ecstasy that you might feel from conquering a mountain isn't the point either. But it's this—it's this. Um, it's this uh, you're accessing something greater than life within life itself, and we li- we literally rip that for into our abdomen. <laughs> right. Yeah. He says at
0: heights, living more transfor- is transformed into more than living, just as heat is transformed into light.
1: Mm-hmm. And he also says that in the struggle against mountain heights action is finally free from all machines and from everything that detracts from man's direct and absolute relationship with things up close to the sky and two crevices among the still and silent greatness of peaks in the in the impetuous raging winds and snowstorms among the dazzling brightness of glaciers or among the fierce hopeless verticality of rock faces it's possible to reawaken the symbol of overcome a truly spiritual and virile light so This is... Seems like he's referencing Nietzsche there. Certainly. With the spirit of overcoming. Certainly. And he directly quotes him. um, That humans have a strange and almost incredible power to reach certain existential peaks at which living more or the highest intensity of life is transformed into more than living.
0: So, yeah, he also uh, talks about... um, what you said about a second ago about it, it's not the, the point isn't for sport, which I think is really interesting and, and that's kind of what we're doing with this ad, which by the way, for anybody listening is should be on my Twitter. Um but uh I think he has this great quote where he says um I am not just referring to those who faint hearted youth who bring with them to popular mountains resorts their vain mundane city habits such as discos and tennis courts and who snobbishly display the colorful new equipment they've bought to use only for some harmless walk in the woods. I'm also referring to those who tarnish silent and uncontaminated spaces with materialism and triviality, namely with competitive spirit and a mania for that which is difficult and unusual for the sake of setting new records. So I think we're kind of like talking about, um, we're kind of talking about sports brands in general. The reason why we made this ad, why we made, created this particular spec ad, is a reaction against exactly what we just said. It's a reaction against this, oh, look at my colorful Patagonia thing that you know I'm, I'm using to represent my lifestyle as somebody who's really active. And look at me climbing the peaks with these things. It's like that is such a great example of what's been lost with heroism, with um, adventure. Um, and it's amazing that Evola was like, called that out even before the total commodification of the outdoor industry.
1: Yeah, there's certainly no heroism without risk in his view. Right. So for the purposes of our ad, uh, we took this to a sort of hyper real extreme where the mountains are literally obscured and inaccessible, you'll see um, a lot of neo-China kind of buck smog, litter, Um, essentially the most accessible heroic path, heroic discipline to a nobility of spirit has been blocked. Um, But I think that we dealt with this problem in a sufficient way he does have a qualm with the idea of the man scaling the mega-construction, but he unfortunately doesn't expound upon it in like a, a really con- a compelling fashion. So it's ultimately up to the Evola the Asperger to see if we've, we've gotten out of this sort of trap or if we're totally doomed to um, asceticism or a different path of, of spirituality.
0: Right. So... Um, why, why is uh, like branding and advertising, why is that an important, an important sort of space to occupy? Because I think that that's something that, outside of Raw Egg Nationalist, who does it all the time in man's world, again, um, it, marketing in our world and advertising in our world is really viewed hypocritically, I would say, as uh, gross, as cringe yet simultaneously all of us, me included, you included, we all are still consumers, right? We all buy nice stuff. We all like having cool shoes. We all like having good outfits. Very, very few of us, you would say, eschew that type of consumerism. I mean, that's just part of our lives. So why is branding, like a brand
1: video like this, why is this an important medium? I'm not sure that I have a... I'm not sure that a Super Bowl commercial pushes the needle. Either way, I can't, I can't make a, a compelling argument for that. Um, intuitively, it seems like it does matter, but plenty of us still exist, and I think, um, I hate to appeal to some silent majority, but I think there's millions of us that are, like, buying items um, in spite of their advertising. I had my mom accuse me of being a, a traitor because I was wearing Nike shoes and I challenged her to find a, a non-cucked shoe company, which is funny. <laughs> um, but what I see is opportunity, I think, for for advertising minds. Uh, I think the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater because of this like uh, liberal, guilty-by-association mindset, certainly. Uh, when you read Evola, there's really attractive insights and then of course there's some some heel turns when you get into like sort of racial spirituality that I've always just thought is hilarious. Um, That's not to say that there's not merit to it. Um, A lot of it isn't you know necessarily testable. You might sort of intuit some of his conclusions on your own or you don't. Um, I'm not going to apologize for that either because that would be um, unbelievably absurd seeing as I was looking for wisdom in the places that are most maligned and the most uh, persona non grata to see if there were any ideas that are being um, overlooked. Um, so the racism is the point, <laughs> at least in the beginning. Whether you decry it or not, there's, there's, certainly, there's certainly opportunity there, and, there, and there's, there's real insights, and I say that as a Christian. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it is unattractive to me. A lot of what is
0: unattractive.
1: Uh, I think, like traditional, he was like you know a, a fervent critic of of Christianity. I'm not sure that I could um, articulate his comments. I'd love for a for a traditionalist spirit to, to come in here. Be a, I'm not I'm not asking for a theological debate, but um, a lot of it's sort of incoherent to me. Yeah. Uh,
0: so for new new joiners, we're talking about a ad. What a ad is is a. Um, a f- fake ad, it's, a, you know, it's like a spec script. It's like uh, you, you write it um, speculative is what it stands for. So what we're trying to do is show that it's possible to create ads for existing brands like Solomon that are actually super based and dope as fuck and actually can inspire people still uh despite the woke crap that they are constantly cranking out and i think we actually so so why solomon what what attracted you to solomon specifically as an
1: outdoor brand
0: because there's a bunch of them right but why
1: this one? yeah i can't help but feel like there's already some of our guys in there um, they're a European company that moved all of their operations back to France from Vietnam, and that was at their uh, That at their deficit I saw a couple of articles written that they were having trouble They, they have like sort of lost the art of, of shoe creation and they've lost some uh, points on their quality um, But yeah, they're a legacy European brand and I think a lot of their advertising is attractive to me. Um, I think that there are uh, there, there's like it's an overused term, and it's difficult to define. But I, I think there's like a cyberpunk sort of tone to a lot of their uh, viral marketing currently. They they're not this browbeating um, sort of brand. They're certainly not. Um, they're certainly not innocent. I think everybody has to, and I, and I don't want to defend them. They could be their advertising department could be full of people that are. Um, I want nothing to do with. But um, I think there's a, a spirit that remained attractive, uh, given the the epoch that we're in, which is rare. So um, I think there's a practicality in, in targeting Solomon, where, where a Nike or, or Adidas would be uh, an exercise in futility. <laughs> in total yeah. futility, yeah. right? It's <laughs> like, you
0: need to have a brand that like kind of maybe could be flipped. And Solomon feels like maybe it could be, but it's actually really funny. As we, we spent like months and months working on this. And as we were making it, so Solomon's sports style, what, what is Solomon Sports Salomon? That's like a part of Solomon. like what is that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a division uh, aside from their maybe dad shoe category that has still the function of their hiking or trail running uh, product line, but I think it's more advanced materials and a, a bit more fashion forward.
0: Right, so it's like the fashion forward size of Solomon, and they had some really dope um, stuff on their Instagram that we were all really attracted to and one of the things that we haven't gotten to yet but we telegraphing that we'll get to it now is as we said sort of the the mountain itself is a little bit dead as a form of adventure even in terms of what Evelyn was saying But what Solomon was doing they had this really cool direction where they were positioning the brand as the shoe for almost a new type of, not adventurer but like blue collar laborer kind of. Mm -hmm. So somebody who like does AV stuff at big concert festivals. Like they had a bunch of ads that were actually very stylish that were showing people wearing the shoes in this like almost post-apocalyptic landscape of like wires tangled wires and like Mm -hmm. cell towers and you know they were they were kind of framing themselves as like the shoe for that person which we i thought was a fascinating direction
1: Mm -hmm. um a microplastic fog yeah right like
0: like these are your shoes for when after the bomb like you know when you're like crawling through like plastic like melted plastic tunnels uh, and I thought that that was really cool. Um, but you, uh, pointed that out to me and then we were kind of using that as inspiration thinking, oh yeah, we'll approach Solomon. And then I think as we were making the ad, they deleted all those mm-hmm. and like became super woke. It was like amazing. Like it happened right. as we were doing it.
1: Right. Yeah. They have, they have a newfound. um, yeah, I do have to admit, I think they have a newfound direction. I don't know how much of this is, um, just, just an aesthetic, but they're, they're trying to, uh, you know, get uh, un- oppressed groups into the outdoors. Um, yeah. As, a, as if the impoverished, you know, were unaware of the outside, <laughs> the socioeconomic factors blocking them from walking outside. It's really, a, it's a travesty. Yeah. Someone had to. Black people don't hike, and because of racism. Apparently not. I, I am a prolific fisherman, and. See plenty of black fellows out there, frankly. I don't know if they're referring to <laughs> right. whatsoever.
0: Right. Um, so, talk a little bit more about uh, what the new mountain is. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the the crux of, of the video is that you know we had the mountains, we looked to the mountains for this. I, it's so amazing. What you people really need to read this piece because he does such an incredible job of bringing to the fore this feeling that i think we've all had which is like these people who are fucking adventurers in today's world are not fucking adventurers like they, they i'm not talking about like alex what's the guy's name Honold. yeah yeah alex honnold he's the real deal these guys that climb with no ropes they're the real deal but all the rest of them 99 of them who have these like thousand dollar packs and they climb up and they have the sticks and everything like that Like that's supposedly adventure but there couldn't be more drawn in between the lines adventure than that it's like so phony so Evelyn does a great job of even whenever he wrote this in the 30s or whatever he does an amazing job of like breaking down those types of people who existed even then so but even more than then the mountains are dead now so where are the new peaks that we look look at
1: yeah, I don't think we should look any further than mega construction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very concrete answer, literally and figuratively. Totally, yeah, we're big fans of uh, Saudi Arabia in this space, and, and you know, some of their mega construction endeavors, Dubai, as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there still has to be some sort of access to this channel. Um, despite it being less accessible than ever. So I, I think that we're trying to speak in that. And I think that we see that um, in reality. You know, we had a anti-abortion, uh, pro-life Spider-Man um, climbing, <laughs> climbing skys- <laughs> skysc- skyscrapers in San Francisco. And uh, I, I think he's probably accessing that same um, state of being uh, that Evola outlined. Um, and I, I did want to touch upon also the... the uh, getting a, other peoples into the outdoors. It's almost like some of these woke brands have come to an avolan conclusion that there's a, less of an appreciation for the, the spirituality of, of like rugged wilderness adventure. Uh, I think there's a great irony there, of course, in their, uh, in their own woke way. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think we come to like a sort of hyper-real conclusion. Maybe it's Cope. Um, maybe it's optimistic, but, uh, and it's untested as far as I'm concerned. I, I would love to have a, a DeChamp here, the pro-life Spider-Man, to, to speak to if, if he's had any sort of, like, transcendent um, feeling when he's, you know, suction cups. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, pro-life Spider-Man, right, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was listening to a, a BAP episode on the Justin Murphy, not Justin, sorry, we got to get our Murphys straight here the Jack Murphy podcast from uh, from 2019 and you know I was tweeting about this earlier first of all it's so obvious to me that Jack Murphy is a we can't BAP has banned the word grifter we can't use the word grifter anymore so now he's just a cuck whatever we want to call him mm. but um, uh, it's so obvious that he's just phony but anyway BAP in that one talks a lot about um the ways that they try to control the instinct to adventure. And one of the ways <coughs> is via quietism, which is like, oh, the the adventure should all be in your mind. It shouldn't be in the real world. Like don't you know that it, like the, the space in your mind is where you can really conquer yourself and the mountains and that's what the real thing to be is and you should meditate and you should, you know, do all that stuff. And Bap's like, yeah, that's just totally a way to defang and castrate ourselves, right? And the other way is to kind of commodify adventure within the lines, which is which is also uh, what we're saying, in a way. Um, but um, I guess what your the answer to the question that you were just giving is there is still adventure, and Bap actually says this. Bap says the way towards adventure is fighting against this massive leviathan. And I think that that's what you're saying, but it's like, so we're redirecting our gaze to nature, which has been basically commodified, towards this new form of nature, which are almost these, like, ant hills that
1: humans have made and then left behind. Yes, we're we're certainly confined to our our (coughs) time and our... uh... What's made available to us. I, I also cannot totally denounce uh, an inward tradition of spirituality as a Christian. I think that's a certainly like viable means of theosis, while it's a uh, an exceedingly difficult one. Um, uh, like if you look to like the hesychastic tradition, I think that's certainly a relevant way. I wouldn't go as far as BAP, however, it is uh, it, it's one that is um, not for everybody, I would say. But and it's definitionally, I would say, not a heroic. Um, discipline so but we're trying to preserve uh, a heroic one here and echo Evola and we think that scaling a mega construction without tethers um, in the face of howling winds um, danger at your back uh, there is perhaps and I haven't experienced it personally I'm not a you know free solo skyscraper climber myself (laughs) but we want to believe that it's still possible and um, I'm not sure. I, I would love for, for someone to combat, you know, if, the, if there does have to be like a, a naturalism uh, to this access. Um, I'd be impressed if anyone here was qualified to speak on that. Um, but we want to believe. We want to believe that there's heroic avenues uh, that are accessible still. Yeah. Um, have you ever done any urban exploring? Urbex? I don't, I don't, I don't think I've I skateboarded for my entire childhood. Um, so I think you you sort of do a quasi urbexing uh, when looking for a spot on like public property or, um, or privately owned or abandoned spaces. But no, I, ha- I haven't done like uh, anything with a headlamp and you know uh, like traversing barbed wire.
0: Yeah, I did like a, a big urbex project for Vice through like the Midwest and right before Trump in like twenty fifteen. And I never got published. It was, uh, you know, it was actually great because it told me that Trump was going to get elected because, you know, it was like Youngstown, Ohio, which looks like it's been hit by a nuke. Like it basically Mm -hmm. has been hit by a nuke. All these destroyed, decaying factories. And it was so cool, man. Like I have the coolest pictures from those from that trip. It was like uh, just like a huge cavernous room with like multiple growing like a or like moss growing like a carpet on the floor it was super inspiring like and I and so I think that it is true like the way to confront adventure like the true frontier
1: is to enter the decay
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and I think we're we're left with decay I don't think we have much of a choice yeah so maybe maybe there's more opportunity than ever something to think about (laughs) um potentially potentially um
0: okay so somebody's saying i've been meaning to read this guy marco palace you ever heard of that relevant to what we're talking unfamiliar. about unfamiliar yeah unfamiliar with palace but ezra tell us what marco palace has to say about this also for the new listeners watch the spec ad that we've created for solomon shoes which is on the um the twitter feed also for the podcast listeners we're doing this live so that's why we keep repeating things but that that's okay um so what are your thoughts about uh you're young you're a young guy uh young men who are kind of in our sphere how do they approach um this issue of adventure like like how have you approached it in your own life because you said you're not like a um mountain climber yourself but you are into solomon you're you're definitely you like have a good sense of like fashion and stuff you're clearly a very fashionable guy Uh, (laughs) you know you're a christian so where do you find uh adventure if not in the peaks or not in urbexing yourself
1: sure I, i think previously shoot, adventure that i'm proud of or yeah, adventure, yeah, the, yeah, any adventure. adventure, maybe it doesn't have to be uh, adventure that's even tangentially related to like a, a spiritual tradition. Um, I'd have to look to risks I've taken. I'm probably not, you know, proud of the risks I've taken that, that involved, um, you know, drug use prior or. Um, interesting. Maybe I'm not adventurous.
0: There's gotta be something. I mean, you're doing it right now, right? This is, by creating this,
1: you're you're doing adventure. Sure, yeah, I mean, I, I just. Uh, I hate to come across as thinking that there's an adventure in engaging in like uh, unsavory uh, thoughts or something, or uh, literary traditions, or, or, or like strange, um, you know, ultra-fascist essays. <laughs> I'm not sure that's an adventurous, thing. Like, um.
0: Like like who are we talking about? Are you talking about I'm Serrano, t- I'm not, Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
1: Serrano. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's adventure in that. Oh, geez, yeah, don't put it on me. Um, that's not to say there isn't adventure to be found. I, I, mean, I don't, I'm not sure that there's much exploration that's left. There's not much that you can uh, conquer as far as like territory or something. Um, South Sentinel Island. Yeah, exactly. It's the last place. That's that's all we have left. I'm uh, get shot by an arrow. Yeah, I, th- I think I've felt like sense of, of adventure on like fishing trips, uh, encountering bears. Um, but maybe I'm maybe I have the the Irish uh, uh, soul that's inferior to the to maybe the Evolian uh, Italian one, where I was just you know in, in total terror when face to face with a with a bear. I didn't feel any sort of like transcendent uh, quality. So Not what, to undermine what we did here, uh, but I'm saying you know maybe I'm. What happened I'm with a, the bear? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I just had a stringer of fish. I got snuck up on by a bear. He got on his um, hind legs and just got out of there. Uh, He was like probably six and a half feet tall. He was taller than I am. Um, Where was this? This was in the Sierra Nevada mountains. so there's a black bear? I, su- I suppose there's yeah or like a, some sort of like cinnamon bear. I don't cinnamon know. bear. I, yeah, I'd support that. I'd suppose there's there's adventure there. It's not like I was seeking. Uh, I wasn't doing a Timothy Treadwell um, kind of grizzly man excursion. Um, it was on accident. Maybe intention matters with adventure. Maybe adventure finds you. I, I guess I don't think about adventure too much. I'd like as much um. Uh. uh peace in my life as possible. But you know, maybe maybe I'm I'm due. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, but I, I disagree. I think that actually, as much as I totally agree with Bapp on quietism being a way to self-castrate, um, I think that by engaging with forbidden materials, um, we are taking an adventure. You know, reading Miguel Serrano is definitely an adventure. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, going to that place and reading those ideas is is i think exactly this is the beauty of the world right <coughs> even when they even when they totally commodify rebellion completely which is like what you could say Patagonia does right they they confet, they totally commodify like <coughs> edward abbey style eco anarchy you know like everything is the environment is all that matters we're going to buy a, a big part of patagonia <coughs> even when they do that like true the true frontier finds a way and and that's what we're talking about like what we're that's what we're talking about right now we're talking about the true frontier finding a way like it it just reverses like even when so all the rebels of our boomer age right what was rebellion for them it was sexual freedom it was all these it was like you know punk rock and all these everything like that whereas now when that became becomes the mainstream adventure still exists. It's just like that shift has been so stark Mm -hmm. and so not sort of like talked about that it's hard to remember that the ideas that we're toying with, these are the banned books of our times, you know, and the adventurers do go into that. And I think it's the same thing as what you're saying. Like the people who are really adventuring are going into these decayed, husks of this like ruined society more so than like I'm gonna get my Patagonia fleece and climb this thing and take some pictures of it you know the sole exception being these free soloists who really are just going like as deep as possible into the into the same well-tread path they're just taking the path as far as it could possibly go
1: yeah certainly um yeah I I still I guess like Evola, like struggle to see uh, accessible heroic opportunities, um, but I, I guess we're we're broadening it to adventure in itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I invite. Her, okay, to-
0: no, yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. We we're we're miss. We're replacing heroism for adventurism. Mm-hmm. So what are what are the difference between what is the difference between an adventurer and a hero?
1: Yeah, I think um, I, I think a hero, or sorry, I think uh, an adventurer can. Or cannot be confined to like the material. Where I think, uh, by uh, like referencing this, and I think it's a uh, uh, like heroism is definitionally like transcendent. So you you you're to- you're certainly mindful that you're like grounded in a, in the supernatural in, in some regard. So you're you're chasing not only conquest and not only uh, the ecstasy of sport um, or of view or uh, you know broadly nature um but also like a a transcendent pursuit i think that's the hero
0: heroism is yeah
1: innately divine i think it's a discipline and an opportunity it's like it's a ticket to the dance um but i imagine it's still you know difficult even if you if you even if you have the capabilities I can't even speak for the pro-life Spider-Man that he pulled it off. I'd have to, I'd have to speak to him. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I think Evola would, would say that maybe <laughs> you have to be of a certain uh, you know, ethnic creed um, to feel it. So, who knows? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about the racial elements of, of uh, Meditations on a Mountain, which, you know, seems to be kind of a secondary point. But, like, what, what is he saying? Because Meditations on a Mountain does contain some, some race
1: stuff. So what is his point there? um shoot see i've I've always struggled with like the coherence of this not to say that it's uh you know there aren't unsavory truths there or something um and I, i also think like for purposes of the ad i'm not as well versed um i could i could find a quote if you gave me some time um i think that there's probably like spiritual roadblocks to heroism i'm not exactly sure how he divvies up the races um they might seem kind of like archaic now with like our, our strange American understanding of race whatsoever um but yeah it certainly made me uh wish I was Italian which I've never I've never had that impulse <laughs> in my life there was it was definitely an Italian uh tone. <laughs> supran- uh, uh um uh, yeah but yeah as a, as a hibernian um you know maybe there's a block for me I don't know uh, you're a hibernian say, I'm a hibernian what's a hibernian I think that's an, that's an Irishman it's a cannibal. A, we've ca- been, uh, a
0: disgusting cave... <laughs> yeah, Wait, cave. I'm in the bog. <laughs> with, um...
1: Yeah. No, but uh, we've been civilized. So, um, certainly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, chapter five of Meditations on the Mountain is called Race and the Mountain. So, um... Yeah, I mean, I think that he, uh... Okay, here we go. Thus this latter element when we comprehend it reminds us of the type of community that was one of the most character ele- characteristic elements of the ancient Aryan races and the Aryan Roman people. This type of community had nothing to do with socialism. Its foundation was neither collective entity nor individualism, but rather personality. <coughs> its law was action. In it there were relationships of real men cemented by trust, loyalty and truthfulness not to mention the shared dignity of belonging to the same race subordination did not humiliate people in this type of society because of the precise vision of the whole and because of the vision shared by each individual so uh yeah he i don't 100 yeah and then he talks about the mediterraneans while the mediterranean type is characterized by the need for a public for a public and the inclination to behave in a theatrical manner the experience of the mountain is one of the best antidotes against this Mediterranean component that may remain in our Italian souls (laughs) there you go Dago supremacist where you at Uh, so yeah he seems to kind of be saying that um, this modern cosmopolitanism is is very phony very fake Okay, hold on. We got a we got a question. It, wait, I don't know how to really operate this very well, but I think uh, Matthew Mary mood maybe wanted to say something. I don't know. I can't figure this thing out. This is my first ever uh, one of these. We're also recording a podcast at the same time. So um, yeah, if anybody wants to participate, by all means, we'd love to hear from you. Again, the, for those who are just joining, we have a spec ad for Solomon Outdoor Wear that's on the... Twitter thing. It's inspired by Julius Evola. That sounds very weird, but what we're trying to do here is clog the pipes with actually inspiring shit for the brands we brought by instead of listening to this woke garbage. (coughs) Solomon was recently sort of taken over by uh, a woke whatever. They deleted a bunch of their Instagram posts and, and while we were actually in the process of creating this ad. So... Uh, I know I keep saying this over and over. Um, So we're going through Meditations on a Mountain right now, which is a great Julius Evola piece. And and he does an incredible job, in my opinion, of uh, articulating what it means to be heroic and and what it means to have adventure. Um, So another big part of this uh, piece that we've made is um, the desecration. We talk about desecration of the mountain. So. Uh, how big a part of that is is this for you? Like, is there a big environmental aspect to all this?
1: Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, uh, if you were chasing, like, a, a, sp- a spiritual state, um, I don't think anything could take you out quicker than, like, a shit in a Ziploc bag or, like, a, a Snickers wrapper left behind. Um, so I think if we're speaking you know, beyond uh, uh, just environmentalism, but trying to preserve, like, a spiritual discipline. Um, I think there's another responsibility there that's totally paramount.
0: So, but what does that have to do with the... What do you mean the spiritual discipline?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's an emphasis on, like, the pristine if you read the first essay. Um, and the whole pursuit is, like... Uh, you know, what's left <coughs> of the heroic spiritual traditions um, so I imagine a place desecrated with litter would be a place unfit for um, the sort of spirituality he's speaking to um, I hope that totally doesn't negate sort of our conclusion uh, where we are venturing into total um, decay and um, industry with like scaling of the mega construction. So I think that's where we might deviate and if he was alive that would be a question I have because he, he didn't really uh, satisfy um, that that opportunity. Um, so what
0: types of mega construction are you, oh here wait, we got a speaker request. Okay, here we go, Matthew Mary mood. Uh What's up man, go for it. Great.
2: Uh, i'll just watch the ad one last time before i give a comment on
0: it okay thank you matthew appreciate it um yeah so <clears throat> um the, these let's talk a little bit more about these new peaks these uh industrial mega mega constructions so what are those what are you referring to
1: exactly the skyscraper um yeah, the, the highest, the highest building in the horizon, uh, which would take the place of like the seat of the gods, I guess, and like the the Aryans. And
0: here we return to the to the point about divinity and mm. the, what true heroism is. And actually, he has a whole thing about climbing the Mar- mountains of the progressive heroes because we're approaching Olympus, the seat of divine forces. And that's kind of what you're saying. This is the new way to reach the divines to climb these skyscrapers, literally. We hope. We help. we hope. Okay, so where are these skyscrapers? Mm, in,
1: in the in the least... Uh, what
0: did we use for footage in our... Yeah, we used a place. lot
1: of Hong Kong. Uh, we used a lot of Japan. Um, I think there might be some some Singapore in there. Um, yeah, we neglected the Middle East. I think there'd be great you know, visual inspiration to take from them as well. Uh, yeah, and, and America as an insulator. It's any place, I think, for like visual juxtaposition purposes. We, we were, you know, seeking out the most godless places on the planet um, and seeing if there was still a, an opportunity for uh, the heroic discipline.
0: So where are the most godless places on the planet?
1: Yeah, I think anything with a, with a population over 8 million, as far as my, uh, <laughs> um, in, in my experience, I've never felt close to God in like a, in a major city hustling and bustling yeah where have you felt closest to God Jeez. yeah well again I can't speak to like a personal like heroic tradition um, I, I feel like I have an obligation to say that I felt closest to God from an inward place uh, through like prayer um, but yeah if you're gonna force my hand it would, it would certainly be like on a lake or, or uh, you know mountains in Colorado to Pretty rattle sure. off top, yeah.
0: All right, hold on. We got Matthew here. Uh, okay, go for it, man.
2: For two seconds, I said uh, I thought that he said he felt closer to God uh,
1: when, in, uh, when he was in an N-word place. And, said, <laughs> <laughs> N-word place. and then I paused. I'm like, and then he said
0: N-word. <laughs> <laughs> the app, and and uh, look, um, I think that the creator. Is this account, propane, yeah, that's uh, who who's that's here. Better. He's he's uh, sitting okay. here with me right here. Yeah, you seem to go heavily on urban exploration. And,
2: you know, uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. I, I guess that, you know, you're trying to make a statement about urban exploration because you sort of juxtapose images of mountain climbing and uh, mm-hmm. urban exploration. I've done a bit of urban uh, exploration myself. Uh, I, I'm not a, a, a urban explorator but it, it's the sort of things that I like to do I like to go to places that are closed where, where it, you know you're not supposed to go there it's just something that I do like when I'm in a nice university uh, you know I like to explore I actually did that last weekend with one of my rituals that I visited and and you know we we sort of ventured around this former university campus, and we did write uh, something very outrageous in a sort of a left-wing HQ. So, so I'm, I'm an enjoyer of these things, but I, I, I'd like to know what, uh, what are your thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, I think what you're saying is, is relevant to, to risk and certainly adventure. I think that um, I would invite you to uh, move vertically. I think Evola would do the same. I think if we have any chance of accessing a, a transcendent state while still being in the world and without being um, ascetic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have some experience as well. I, I said before, like, I grew up skateboarding, so I, I'm certainly uh, familiar with being places that I'm not supposed to. Um, and there's, like, a, an excitement in that. Um, but I think what was missing for me, at least, is I never went, uh, like, literally skyward uh where this sort of transcendence might be found.
0: Yeah, so I think what, just to unpack that further, I think there's a difference here between just pure um, adventure in which we can find an urbex because that is going into the chaos. It's going into the, the, the tail end of the loop, right? Where REI and Patagonia own the true nature. So the actual wild is deep inside... You know, when I was doing urbex, I went into the abandoned hotel in Detroit that everybody goes to, which is really fascinating. Um, Or you know, Youngstown, Ohio, these abandoned factories. But these are all flat, whereas the way to transfer your adventurism into heroism is to go up. You have to go up. That's the thing about the mountains. The mountains are up. And that's the only way to get close to God is to go literally, physically up into the world.
1: Well, I can't. I can't be totally. I can't be totally sure that he was entirely exclusive. I think that it's just the the easiest way for uh, like an inherently really difficult pursuit. Um, but I, I think even more paramount than uh, just gaining elevation is uh, affirming some sort of like uh, transcendent underpinning to the whole activity.
0: So yeah, up. So so okay. Sorry. Yep. Oops. All right, go for it, uh, Matthew. Hey, by the way,
2: is this recorded on your end? Is it a part of your show?
0: Yeah, I'm making it part of the carousel. We're recording it also.
2: Okay, all right, no problem. I just, uh, it, it's better to be aware of it.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry, I should say that. I should have said that. My bad. Yes, this is going to be an episode. Sorry about that
2: okay well what's interesting about urban exploration and climbing in this, these buildings and i think it's relevant to to make that observation is that it's also illegal right and so what it means is that going vertical is sort of prohibitive like you have to to en- uh, engage in something legally transgressive to do it that, that's just a quick observation that, that i wanted to make
0: True. Does Evila talk about the legality of any of this? No, I don't, I don't
1: think he does. I don't. I don't think so. Um, yeah, th- I think if any, you run into some like serious moral dilemmas of just pursuing illegality for the <laughs> for for uh, anything transcendent. Um, I, I do think it's relevant to uh, at least the sort of state that you're in. Um, but yeah, I don't want to exclude Urbex as, as a you know potentially. Uh, noble spiritual pursuit you know Um, I'm such a a novice when it comes to these things Um, but according to Evola who had a lot of skin in the game I would say um, the mountain is the way to go and we modernize that by inviting you to uh, to scale skyscrapers my friend so
0: yeah and that's why the end of it ends with going up 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 and and again I'll just read this Evola quote one more time where um, uh, at the heights living is transformed into more than living just as heat is transformed into light so we're saying when you reach a certain level you connect and you disappear in a way, you disappear which we actually, we had something about that in there didn't we, With the, about disappearing when you reached, re- he talks a lot about that he talks about how you disappear literally, when you reach a certain height in the mountain, like you're no longer there, literally um, okay, so Ezra, go for it.
2: Hello, uh, I just wanted to say um, there's like a conversation with the transcendent when you're climbing because you are seeing the lines that are laid out for you by the mountain. Like, there is only one way to go, there's no logic, you can only go up, but you're, you're, the path is revealed to you by some kind of higher natural force.
0: Right, so you're connecting with your, yeah, you're disappearing into, um, yeah, he says, In climbing, we we find the sense of one's whole body. The forms emphasize equilibrium, elan, efforts, which presuppose mastery of the body. The lucid and calculated shift of all its weight in response to each challenge presented by the advent, the grip, the the reliability of the step carved in the ice. So are you talking about, Ezra, (coughs) sorry, the path within your own body, or are you talking about, like, almost the map becomes apparent in your own vision, in a way?
2: Yes, it's it's revealed to you. You could, you know, you look at the face, and you decide, okay, this is where I'm going to go, but it's already been. realization of observing
0: yeah and exercising that is like interacting with something that's borderline transcendent
2: yes it's you know it's like a, it's all it's all laid out there it's all laid out for you you just have to discover it within yourself
0: yeah that's cool yeah i think that's definitely what evola is getting at here with with this um so uh, fin- I, you know, we have a little bit more time here. So uh, in terms of making the ad itself, what was your process like?
1: Yeah, so we, we began with a script, you know, we- Great include-
0: script, by the way, yeah. really cool script. Oh, and we we have a great story of how we got the woman to record it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably more interesting to talk about, uh, the how we hired the voice talent. We were in the depths of uh, Fiverr looking for, you know, something strange and uh, least cornball as possible, uh, which is difficult to pull off when we're dealing with like um, the absurdity of like a spiritual concept uh, used for an ad or, or maybe you don't see that as, as, as so absurd that maybe advertising does need to have some transcendent connection or, or at least some sort of like universal truth um, for it to be like really compelling or, or memorable. But, um, yeah, we were, we were really in, in the depths of Fiverr, and I think it was a, a woman who'd only completed a couple orders ever, and she was actually a Celtic um, singer. Um, was she Celtic? Yeah, well, she like, some kind nominally, of nominally, <laughs> at, nominally at least. Um, but, you know, she had, like, a very, yeah. uh, you know, angelic tone. Um, she was not, you know... Uh, English was not her first language. She was from Argentina. She had a spotty internet connection. Um, she was. <laughs> she extreme... had the
0: weirdest accent I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Like,
1: I n- just no rhyme
0: or reason. I've never heard an accent like that. It was like every accent I've ever heard combined into one.
1: Like, it made no sense. Yeah, we, we definitely took a risk there, going for the most like alien possible uh, voice at our disposal. But I th- think we found it, you know, she was, um, she was great to work with you know, given like the um the linguistic uh restraints restraints the the coaching process of trying to uh, get her to read a script was um, uh, had a ton of comedic quality to it
0: yeah, so she turned out to be from Argentina uh sorry guys we're getting overcome by a evil leaf blower. I thought the speaking of uh, meditations on the mountain um mm-hmm. no, but uh, yeah she she uh basically was from Argentina. She was Mm -hmm. some sort of like weird Euro combo from Argentina and Mm -hmm. she had the weirdest fucking accent. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so then how did you find the clips for this? What was the difficulty in making something like this? Because really, my goal is to get all of us young men to be making shit like this 100% of the time. You know, make inspiring ads that cover up their propaganda. You know, this is a, you know, Alex Jones has it right. It's an info war, but it's not actually an info war, it's a, Propagation war and whose message is better told and ours is such a better message We just have to get used to telling it, which is what we're doing here. So how hard was it to make this thing? <coughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, so al- it's just allergies. I have terrible allergies.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the Adam Curtis level access to, you know, a BBC archive or anything But the, you know the internet has a ton of Incredible source material to draw from I, I think the biggest bottleneck was Um, obtaining any sort of like Solomon uh, product footage that was you know even usable. Um, Another difficulty was finding you know there's so much (coughs) uh, news coverage of pollution on mountains Um, and I I think that's like undeniably true and I've seen it myself. Um, I don't think it's totally just like a propagandistic tool, Um, but it's difficult to find it like unsullied um, and and raw without having like a, a, I don't know, like uh, Hindu uh, or Hindi um, subtitles on it, you know, the the Indians are are getting very uh, prolific on the internet, as we know, so it was difficult to get like source material that was um, unedited or, or kind of like raw for our purposes.
0: Yeah, so there was a lot of back and forth Trying to find, scrape these things together So what were some good resources? How did you edit it together? Um, Yeah, so So we started with the source material We started with this Evola Great Mountains thing We went back and forth on the script The script was really good, very poetic We found the talent And then Propane uh, Put the clips together So what were the tools you used to do that?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think um, as far as, like, filmmaking goes, you're, you're already dealing with uh, concepts that nobody really wants to think about, I think, uh, with, with spirituality. So you can't be, like, totally on the nose and, and you know, just laden with, like, spiritual cliches. So, um, you know, we went to a lot of godless places. We were looking at, like, you know, Russian, um, yeah, like, coal mines uh, or, like, Siberian, you know, factories. And then we went all the way to, you know... Uh, like Microsoft chip, um, you know chip warehouses. So I, I think we went to the most like godless places possible to to, to, <laughs> to to try and you know speak to something transcendent. I think we we employed like a sort of apophatic um, technique where we're like speaking about the transcendent by negation in a lot of spaces in a lot of places.
0: Wait, what does that mean? Say that again. Uh, yeah, apophatic.
1: so I'm not I'm not like theologically trained, uh, but I think it's the idea that like. Um, what we're speaking about is like entirely ineffable and like beyond words when we talk about spirituality. So you can, uh, what we can convey is what spirituality is not, and it's not a Siberian coal mine nor you know a Microsoft uh, a chip factory. Right. So I think th- those are some of, like the visuals that, that we employ to, to get a message apro- across in a uh, in a creative way that's not you know browbeating or, or ham-fisted or uh, just cornball.
0: Right. 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 Um, okay, well, we're, we're, we're running uh, late here, and there's a lot going on. And really, we want to just put emphasis on the piece of work itself. That's what should matter the most. Um, but let us know if you have any more questions, and I'm going to read uh, a fantastic Evela quote from Meditations on the Mountain, which you should read. It's a very short read. Um, and again, I think it does, does such an incredible job of articulating a space for Heroism. I'm not going to keep saying adventure because I think uh, propane is 100% correct that we're actually talking about touching something greater, disappearing at the top of the mountain, um, which is only possible when you go vertical, as we just said. So, Evola says, By virtue of its primordial nature, its elements, its distance from the petty world of the thoughts and feelings of the domesticated and rationalistic modern man, The mountain also invites people, in a spiritual way, to return to their originals, to the inner realization of something that reflects the simplicity, the greatness, the pure force, and the untouchability of the world of the icy and bright peaks. So peaks may be not so bright anymore because now they're on top of an abandoned skyscraper, abandoned city in China, which is where we should be going. that's the path we should be striking i suppose um okay let me know if anybody else has any other questions but anything else to say propane before we uh release this to the world probably on monday or on yeah it's friday monday
1: yeah, there's an irony in, like, the practicality of targeting Solomon in this very Twitter space might disqualify any, <laughs> uh, any um, tangible, um, I'm not sure that you'll ever see this on a Solomon campaign, but we'll see. Try and keep it a, try and keep it a secret, guys. We're, we're trying to be uh, subversive for goodness sake, not sub- subversion sake.
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
1: I'm not exactly sure.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you, and uh, we'll be posting the video all over the place, so it's already on. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ezra. Go climb mountains. That's all I want to say. Yeah, go climb mountains also, not just skyscrapers. Also, mountains are still good. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, everybody. Peace. Okay. Thanks, man. Hold on. i got to stop the... Uh, Right as the...